across the UK. Overnight with Martin Kellner. There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico You got to be in so much to see in Mexico So are we going now to Campeche in Mexico? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to Campeche in Mexico and wish a very happy new year to uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Happy new year. Right back at you guys. Yes, indeed. Now, um, we're going back to a Christmas story. This is uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, Brazil's most wanted criminal walked up to a local police station, introduced himself and handed himself in. Bizarre story. Uh, tell me all about this. Amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Yeah, as the streets of Rio emptied and uh, families started to gather in their homes for Christmas dinner... Luis Antonio de Silva Braga, better known as Zinho, the most wanted militant warlord mafiosi in Rio, just decided to cross the road by himself, knock on the door and hand himself in. Of course, the central question is uh, why? It's highly unlikely mm. that the man had suddenly developed a moral compass. So what was in it for him? And I think if you look at the, mo the possible motivations, of course, motivation always is you know, what you want and what you don't want money. I mean, he, he couldn't have any more money if he tried. Uh, fame, I mean, maybe not fame, certainly infamy is something that he already had. But I think if you look at potentially as a pull towards safety, I mean, he certainly had a life lived in, in peril. And of course, the push away from the violence. And it seems as though um, politicians and police were, were looking for a fall guy and he was in their sight. So he decided to uh, to take ownership. What makes a little bit of sense of this is that he was head of Rio's most powerful militia. Now, militia isn't a standard crime for Vela or drugs gang. Militias are generally uh, sort of former security forces that have organized extrajudicially and as such tend to have really powerful political sort of overseers. Uh, so the smart money is on the fact that far from being the biggest fish to be sold down uh, the river. He's actually uh, made a sort of a plea deal or an agreement in mm. which he's about to reveal a whole lot of things that many people higher up the food chain don't want revealed at all. So I suspect we may be seeing a lot more of this story in 2024. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's seen the film Goodfellas will sort of recognise the syndrome. You know, he, w he will get some sort of immunity, won't he, in return for dubbing in uh, a lot of people involved in the crime syndicate. Yeah, actually, what was really amusing about this is that, of course, the police were on their downtime. They didn't expect anything to be to happen on Christmas Eve. And suddenly this guy turns up and they all went, wow, this is this is huge. So they all immediately organized themselves, got officers in from other police stations and so on, and then uh, took in a high, incredible high security fashion uh, Zinho to uh, uh, to the nearest big police station, massively overdoing it, given the fact that he'd arrived by himself and he had handed himself in. There was no mm. risk or threat at all of him escaping. Yeah. Well, going big on that, as the police seem to have done, sounds like a quite a, quite a Latin American time. You know, I said uh, indulging racial stereotypes, but it does sound like quite a Latin American way to react. 
yeah, I think um, to say that uh, police in Latin America, this is obviously a massive generalization, are um, of, of uh, questionable intent, let's say, I think is definitely an understatement. Do you, do you remember a few months ago we covered that story where there was a, a drug bust? I, I think it was again in Brazil, but the, the officers went undercover in inverted commas as Marvel's Avengers and videoed the whole thing. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, and that, again, sort of seems, you know, somehow typical. Um, let's talk now about uh, the Republic of Kailasa. Am I pronouncing this correctly? Kailasa? I mean, given that it's a fictional country, I'm guessing you can pronounce it however you want. <laughs> cool, good. That's what I like to hear. Well, I'm, I'm sticking with Kailasa, uh, a fictional country, the Republic of Kailasa. Tell me about it. Yeah, the USK, which I don't think is any yes. kind of uh, accident. This is the, the uh, allegedly the purest Hindu nation, uh, which we're talking about because it apparently exists on an island off the coast of Ecuador. And it came to prominence twice this year in March when for the, uh, in the first incidents, they turned up at the UN and were broadly accepted in a, in a couple of uh, UN committees, which also perhaps tells you, tells you a little bit more about the UN than it does about anything else. And then mm. last month, when a Paraguayan official was forced to resign, after signing an agreement with the fictional country, uh, the head of state is an individual called uh, Nit Nanyanda, who is a guru uh, wanted in India on several charges, including, surprise, surprise, uh, sexual assault. Uh, to be fair, the Paraguayan authorities in the UN aren't alone. Newark in New Jersey pronounced uh, naively that it was going to be a sister city to this fictional nation, a uh, a few months ago. But yeah, I guess if you're looking for you know, a big New Year's resolution, which a lot of us, us perhaps are at this point of year, and you want to you want to not just you know change your whole life, but actually uh, become part of a fictional country, then um, then uh, Google uh, other search engines are available uh, the United States of Kailasa double A and um, and see what they can do for you. It, it does beg the question, though, Martin. I mean, mm. I was thinking about, you know, the Kellner back catalog of which oh, you yeah. have. Some. Have you not joined a cult at some point in your life? Surely there is some sex, religion and brainwashing there somewhere. No, I've, I've thought of becoming a leader of a cult because it, it seems to me that, you know, if your social life, not not as a happily married man, but um, if your social life is a little bit drab, if you become a leader of a cult. Um, you know, you, you've got get a few followers and uh, who knows, who knows, you might have you know more interesting Saturday than sitting in watching match of the day, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think your cult would be a pretty, you know, I'd, I'd join your cult. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> I'm the That's target one. audience. Yeah, I'd join one. your cult. Thank you very much, Steve. If uh, anybody else wants to join a cult, I haven't quite worked out what our philosophy is yet or our overarching principles. But if you would like to join a cult uh, led by me, uh, do please, because I, I missed out on the New Year's honours. So that would be uh, that would be compensation for that. Uh, if you want to join a cult, just uh, get in touch with us by text, probably uh, 81089. 81089, uh, or tweet me at Martin Cowler, and uh, we'll see what we can do in the new year. Um, away from cults, let's talk uh, Ronaldinho, because we've had a lot of uh, a lot of fun with Ronaldinho over the uh, over the last year or so. Um, what have you come across in relation to uh, the great man? 
I mean, not as much fun as Ronaldinho has had with Ronaldinho, no. <laughs> I think. As, no. as, we, as we approach the end of the year, I think we're all drawn to the big questions in our lives, Martin. Am I happy? Am I fulfilled? And a close mm. third, where's Ronaldinho at these days? Yes. Well, uh, Ronnie is a figure, as you say, we've followed for years now on, on your show, and without whom I suspect the Kelniverse would cease to exist. But there are, again, some... You know, some, some big fundamental questions about where he's at, at the moment. Is he in prison or is he out of prison? I'm happy to report he is currently a free man. Is he in the news or out of the news? Well, just a couple of days ago, in the news again, because when asked about whether about Neymar's dribbling skills, he described him as being a, uh, a loose translation, uh, a haggler, which basically means that he is he regards him, he regards Neymar as something of a fraud uh, footballer. Mm. Uh, he continues, poor old Ronnie continues to be in deep, Deep financial difficulties, bankrupt and in, uh, in massive debt. He's not recovered since the Brazilian authorities, uh, uh, impounded 52 of his and his, uh, brother's properties a couple of years ago. Uh, but there is hope. Uh, he is currently a major face of the international franchise that is Tech Ball. Have, had you come across Tech Ball before? No, I certainly it- hadn't until a couple of days ago. Now, I've heard of techs, you know, doing techs and, and things which are sort of tricks, flicks and tricks and, uh, you know, the uh, Ribena or whatever it's called that they do. Uh, I've heard of th- that. So they, they show it sometimes on uh, Soccer AM on Sky. Um, but I've not heard of tech ball as an actual, uh, is it like a computer game? It's basically table tennis, but with a football. And it's a, it's a sort of a, almost a curved table. And you can play in singles, you can play in doubles, you can play in triples. And the idea, as with table tennis, is you score uh, winning hits that cannot be uh, returned. Um, and it is actually quite a spectacular. It's basically somewhere like between keepy-uppy and table nice. tennis with a football. And most videos you'll watch have Ronaldinho either participating or uh, grinning his famous grin uh, off the, the side of the uh, pitch table court, I guess. It's probably the right term uh, hmm. there. And he seems to be doing pretty well from that, way better than he was doing than he did from the cryptocurrency. He's currently being sued by a few thousand people for defrauding them uh, for. Also, a couple of weeks ago, he actually played in the Legends of Conmebol, the South American football um, area region uh, match in uh, in Miami, and was absolutely one of the stars of the show. Whatever is is going on in uh, Ronaldinho's Ronnie's personal life and financial life on the pitch. He is still an absolute winner. Indeed. And, and if you are looking it up, it's Tech Ball with a Q. So it's T it E Q. Yeah, it's T E Q B A double L if you want to look it up and see what it is. Sounds, I'm not looked at it myself, but it sounds pretty spectacular. Um, now the, the uh, Opta rankings are out uh, for uh, international teams and a bit of a, a surprise if we look at the top 10 uh, football clubs in South America. Really surprising, I think, and some really big uh, takeaways. I mean, you'd certainly expect some, some, of course, the Brazilian team, some Argentine teams, and a smashing of a few others. But the overwhelming, the overwhelming teams on the top ten are eight from Brazil, only one from Argentina in River Plate that is in third place. No Boca Juniors. Boca Juniors is sandwiched in 174th place, just below the mighty Coventry City which is a huge surprise. Um, surprise. Another surprise is that there's a team called Libertad in at seventh. Uh, The big question is, where on earth are they from? To which the answer is uh, Paraguay. And the reason why they're there is because they've won four out of the last 
six championships in Paraguay. The reason they are, that there's such a huge Brazilian representation is because they keep doing incredibly well in the Copa Libertadores, the, the equivalent of the Champions League in, mm. in South America, in which Brazil have won uh, the last five. Now, remember, this, this is just Conmebol. So this is the no Mexican, no Mexico teams in there, another sort of Latin uh, powerhouse. And the only team that would make it in there actually is America that would make it into uh, into the top 10. No other Mexico teams would uh, would, would get in there. And they've just won the league uh, here. But certainly the, the the I guess the the dominance, the overwhelming dominance of of Brazil in terms of uh, the strength of global teams was absolutely a surprise. Yeah, and these are just South American teams. So, I mean, Manchester City have just won the World Club Championship. So they are, if you're looking at club teams, they are the best in the world, you know, officially. Yeah, they are They, they are number one. And the, the rankings go from zero to 100. The Opta Power Rankings do all of the teams uh, that play in the top leagues uh, on earth. But they've just distilled it down and actually looked at just the Conmebol, the South American sides right. as well. But actually, if you look at, you can go onto the Opta uh, website and actually gauge what you know what the top teams are and, and so on. But Manchester City is currently uh, top. I think Liverpool is somewhere in fifth. Uh, Real Madrid is in second. Inter is third or fourth, something like that. So of course, you know, no great surprise in terms of the European uh, sides. But it gives you a, a, definitely, I think, uh, worth looking at in terms of sort of the global, you know, the, the, the standard strange comparisons of where does uh, I don't know Inter Miami fit into the global strength of teams and so on. Actually, the Opta Power Rankings give you a pretty good sense of where they fit in, given our uh, performance, uh, both uh, local in terms of local leagues, but also uh, international competitions of, of the last few years. It's a, it's, a decent, it's a decent view for those of us who don't sleep at night. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, as always, uh, John, thank you uh, ever so much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again very soon. Chat next year. Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Next year. Uh, thank you very much, Steve, to uh, John Bonfilio, top man. We're going to